Our lesson this morning from Psalms comes from Psalm 32. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silent, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stray near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And the gospel lesson this morning comes to us from Luke 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11 through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow come welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them a parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, 
Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But, but the father said to his slaves, quickly, quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field when he came and he approached the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you and I have never, never disobeyed your command. Yet, You have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost lost and has been found. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The reading this morning is commonly referred to as what Johnny said, the prodigal son. The final parable on lost and found. It's a little longer than the others. In fact, it's a lot longer than the others. It's, it's perhaps, perhaps the greatest short story in all of human history and literature. It's been given that designation. Everybody has heard of this wonderful parable. It's the same lesson as the preceding two, but there's a difference in all three of the parables. Something is lost, but progressively, that which is lost becomes more valuable. A sheep, a sheep, is valuable, but relationally to a coin, it would be more valuable than a sheep, but certainly a son, a person, a human being is more valuable than a sheep or a coin. So with each parable, with each parable, it becomes amplified to make a point. It's becoming more and more valuable. The story we read this morning is called The Prodigal Son. Ah, I don't know if I really like that name. I don't like that name. It's it's really, what I think, the parable of the perfect father. 
The parable of the perfect father than the son. So instead of the prodigal son, let's, let's call it the perfect father. Instead of the wasteful son. The wonderful father. Okay, where, when, when there were two boys in a family like this, we're all set up. The oldest, the oldest would get two-thirds of the inheritance and the younger would get one-third. But they didn't get any of that inheritance until the father died. It belonged to the father. It was, it was theirs, but only upon the death of dad. The father who owned it all, all the proceeds, all the assets, all the debts, all the slaves, all the workers, everything. So for the son to say, give it to me now, is tantamount to him saying, I wish you were dead. Can you imagine? No son would dare ask his father for his inheritance. Look, I'm going, to get, I'm going to get it anyway. I'm going to get it anyway when you die. So just drop dead. Give it to me now. Talk about insulting. I wish we had an hour to speak about this and really get into this story. But I won't. Can you see the difference between the sheep, the coin, and the sun? The coin was lost by somebody else. The coin will, will, you know, the sheep wandered off. But the coin was lost by by itself, this inanimate object. It it was sort of a a victim of somebody misplacing it. But, But the sun, the sun has a will of his own and makes a choice. A choice. Some people, some people wander away like sheep. Other people are victimized or misplaced by the world and displaced by our society. And still other people, still other people by their own will wander away. And they shake their fists at God and get on with their lives. The younger son wasted it all on prodigal living. Now, This is a Jewish audience. And this would be presumably in the story, embedded in it, and it would be assumed to be a Jewish boy now going to be going on to the lowest possible strata of society, a pig farmer, touching unkosher meat. So the crowd would say, gross. Gross. After suffering, going as low as one could possibly go, we're told that he came to himself. He came to himself. And that is key. That is key to the story. It takes a person to come to themselves, and it could take a very long time. Folks, I've, I've talked to people, I've left the conversation thinking one day they may come to themselves. They may get their acts together. But sometimes it is a long and perilous journey to get there. But the younger son, the younger son came to himself. Came to, us, came to himself and said, 
How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and to spare? And I perish in hunger? Let me arise, let me go to my dad and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. This is repentance. This is confession. I admit what I've done wrong and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he rehearses that speech. He, he rehearses, rehearses, he's got it memorized. He's got it memorized. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home to dad. Dad's a nice guy. I blew it. I blew it. I told him to drop dead, but I've changed. I've come to myself. So he walks. He starts walking down that road, and, and he rehearses that speech over and over and over again, and he's ready to go. He goes to his father, but when he's still a great way off, his dad sees him and had compassion on him. And he ran and kissed him. And the son said to, said to him, all, all that he'd rehearsed, he starts to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. Uh, I'm no worthy to be called your son. But before he could even finish the speech, the father butts in. He says to his servants, bring out that best robe. It's a place of honor to be given the best robe. And perhaps the best robe was the father's robe. That would be the best robe in the house. Get the best robe. Get, get my robe. And notice this. He, he put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. That was a symbol of authority. In other words, he restored the younger son back to sonship. He freely forgave him. Oh, it would bring out the fatted calf, something that was reserved only for the great feasts and for sacrifices, and kill it, let's eat, let's be happy, let's be merry, let's have a party. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He loved to eat. Yeah, man. He loved to eat. We, he, he, we have stories about him loving to eat. He even invited himself to lunch sometimes, like Zacchaeus. Hey, let's go to your house and have lunch. He just invited himself there. Just my kind of guy. For this, my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost and is found. That is the basis of God's amazing grace. And they began to be merry. They began to be happy. Everybody, everybody was happy. Except one. Now his older brother was in the field. And he came, draw near to the house, and he heard the music dancing, Music dancing. You could just see this narrow guy, can't you? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And this music. And they're dancing. They're dancing around. I, 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 know, I know that there are some people that come to church that say, listen to that crazy music that's going on. 
They're so happy. They're so joyful. They raise their hands up. They dance around. Well, we don't dance around much. But, but we are so blessed. We are so blessed with joyful music of Tim and the band. Tim, Tim can make that stodgy old hymn, slow hymn, and he can breathe new life into it. New life. And isn't that what God does to and for us? Breathes new life into us? So after all of this, after all that's going on, this older brother rejoiced. Whoops, no, sorry, wrong part of the story. I didn't, I didn't say that, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I guess that would be reflex, right? To rejoice, to be happy. But he was angry. He was angry, he would not go in. And, and that's the next break in the story from the older brother's perspective. Notice the older brother, and by the way, the older brother is emblematic in the story of the Pharisees. You get that, and they got it too. First of all, this older son is ungrateful with his dad. Ungrateful with his dad. He'll not go into the house to talk to his father. He stands outside and essentially demands that his father come out. a sign of disrespect. Disrespect, friends, is disrespect. The degree is not on the table. His, his father had to come out to him. And notice what he says. Notice what he says. As soon as this son of yours, he didn't say this brother of mine, this son of yours, he, he won't even acknowledge him as a brother. He's so ungrateful. He's ungrateful with Papa. Let this be a lesson or reminder to us because I know it's just part of the human condition. So often we are ungrateful for what we don't have rather than being grateful for what we do have. You, you have what I don't have. Listen, listen, God takes care of you. God knows what you need. And instead of being ungrateful, be grateful. Be merry. Be happy. Be happy. His, his father will make that point, but the eldest is ungrateful right now. Second thing, he, he's unhappy with his place. I never got what I deserved. And he's basically saying that you didn't make a party for me and my friends. He's got an attitude problem. He's been working all these years, all this time for his father, but had a bad attitude. It hasn't been out of delight. Hasn't been working in delight. He's been working out of drudgery. But dad responds, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should be merry and be glad for your brother, your brother, was dead and is alive again. And that's the point of all three of the lost and found parables. Was lost and is found. Do you know it's possible to be laboring in the Father's fields and not be close to the Father's heart? But God, but God, the perfect parent, understands what the perfect parent is looking for, and that's contentment. Contentment. 
contentment. It's a great word. I have, I have learned all things to be content in every state I'm in, Paul says. Re- remember he said that no matter what state I'm in, and I've learned to be content. So whether I'm in Florida or Pennsylvania or Georgia, New Jersey, whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. I had to learn. You, you, you see, contentment is learned. Paul was in prison when he wrote that. He, he was in jail when he wrote that. And then he said, while I'm in jail, I, I learned whatever condition I'm in, I've learned to be content. Which means he wasn't always content. Yes, even, even you can learn contentment, but just as easily you can learn discontentment. And it's contagious. Discontentment is contagious. And so whenever I'm around discontented people, I know that I can't spend much time with them because that attitude tends to rub off. It's, yeah, oh yeah, life stinks. It's pretty bad. Look at everything all around me. That's why I suggest when you get up in the morning, when you get up in the morning, read the good news Read the Bible before you read the newspaper or the iPad. Get the scoop on the big picture before you zero in on the chaos of the world. Just get the big picture. Listen, learn learn to be content instead of learning to be discontent. But let let me close with this one final story. It's a true story. It's a true story, and it was told by Dwight Lyman Moody, D.L. Moody as we, we know him. And he was traveling over to the UK and went, went over to Scotland, up to the highlands of Scotland. He saw shepherds keeping sheep, and he, and he noticed that the shepherds were very diligent and very attentive with their flocks. So he went to speak to one of them, and he said, you know, these sheep are prone to wonder by nature, and I, as a shepherd, have to be well, I have to kind of chase them. I chase them around the highlands, and, 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 and occasionally they have to go down and they see this grass that nobody has ever touched, just a little bit over this, just before the cliff. It's a particular type of grass that these sheep will go after. It's very sweet, and the sheep love it. So they'll wander away and they'll even jump down into that little landing, that that crevice, in a very steep place, 10 or 12 feet down, to eat that sweet, sweet grass. But they can't get back up. They can't get back up. They require a rescue operation. And at that point, they isolate themselves by the jump and they eat the grass. So as a shepherd, he said... I just leave them there. I just leave them there bleeding. They're crying out, but I have to leave them there. And I wait till they've eaten all that sweet grass. All that sweet grass, and I leave them there for days until they're so weak that they're going to faint. Moody said, now why would you do that? Why wouldn't you immediately go down to rescue them? Because he said, if I were to jump where they had jumped, they would all scatter 
because they would get scared and they would jump out over the cliff and they would kill themselves. So I have to wait till they're so weak that they wouldn't, that they can't go anywhere else. And then they just let me carry them and lift them away to safety. Moody learned that human beings sometimes have to lose a lot. They have to lose families. They have to lose income before they say, I give up. And when they say, I give up, when they come to themselves, they're finally in the right spot. Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. Good. I I wish you would have gotten there years ago. Now I can rescue you. Now, now you know that you have nothing that you can add to this. There is no energy that will help. It's all about me, not you. Maybe you're a lost sheep. Maybe you're at the end of your rope. You've eaten the grass that was so sweet for a day or so. And now you're starving. You're at the end. You've lost a lot. But you're about to be found by the shepherd, the good shepherd. So Jesus says, come to me, all of you that are weary, and I'll give you rest. Whether like a sheep that has wandered and gone astray or like a coin that's been abused and mistreated or lost, misplaced by society around them, or you've just said, I'm checking out, I'm leaving, I'm not coming back like the prodigal son, our God, friends, our God is in the business of restoration, of bringing back the sheep Be joyful when the sun arrives to bring the sheep back. And he has. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and, of course, on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.